Hello, hello. This is David back again with another episode of the Blood and Fire Radio podcast. This is episode number 86. All right, I'm going to start this off with a bang here. This is a band out of Germany, one of the classic German thrash bands, been around since 84. That is Creator. That's still one of my favorite concerts that I've ever been to. Um, after, of course, having uh, quite a bit of success in the 80s and early 90s, uh, thrash metal, of course, kind of fell out of favor. Creator still lingered. They released some albums in the 90s, but they uh, they kind of had some bit of an identity crisis of what they wanted to do musically, and uh, they just weren't very good albums. And then by the time they reached uh, the year 2000, um, they kind of had this, uh, they, they jumped on the renaissance of thrash metal pretty much that kind of happened in the early 2000s when it started to kind of come back into favor. Uh, they released an album called Violent Revolution that was excellent. That was kind of a definite return to form for them. And, uh, and then they followed it up with this album called Enemy of God. came out in January of 05 on Steamhammer Records. It's their 11th album. Uh, they have 14 up to this point, and I believe they're working on album number 15 right now. They have been slowly but surely writing for this new one. But uh, this one, Enemy of God, while it had a super pristine production, which they never really used to have uh, a super clear production, but their last several, their last maybe three or four albums have had a really clean production. But this was the first one that was really super pristine and punchy like that, and um, wasn't really sure how that was going to work with their style, but um, I think this is a great record. Uh, one of my Facebook friends just posted the other day how much he hates newer creator albums and how they've lost all the intensity from the old days and stuff like that, but I disagree. Not all of the newer albums are are great. Um, they're they're just good, you know. But there's some great ones there, and this one, uh, Enemy of God, is one that I think is a really really strong album of theirs. So, um, the title track is excellent. It has a really catchy chorus and some great riffing in there. So uh, that's what I'm gonna kick things off with here. So off of their 2005 album, Enemy of God, this is Creator with Enemy of God.
All right, that was Creator with Enemy of God. Really great chorus there. Um, I just I think that's a really strong record, and uh, that's kind of they've had this pretty stable lineup now. Um, they had a bass player change, but they've had the same lead guitar player for quite some time. Uh, I think his first name is Sammy. Um, I think he's from Finland, if I remember correct. But he's an amazing guitar player, really, really uh, exceptional lead guitar player for them. Um, okay, we're going to jump to Norway here. This band's been around since 04. They formed out of the ashes of Vindir, and uh, Vindir was kind of one of the up-and-coming, uh, I say up-and-coming, they existed for a, a long time, but um, they, it seems like they were kind of on the cusp of really kind of breaking out, I guess, popularity-wise, and uh, then they had the unfortunate passing of their singer. It's a tragic story. I mean, him and his family, I guess, live on a fairly remote um, part of the country, like on their own family land and such, and um, he was, uh, I guess, at one of his siblings' um, homes and then was going to walk and return back to his own home, um, but there was a snowstorm coming, and so it was kind of on the fence of should I go or should I not, and he kind of felt like he could beat out the storm, I guess, and um, I, I believe he did not. The storm hit, and he was not able to kind of make his way back to his own home, and he ended up freezing to death, unfortunately. Um, but they commemorated, you know, they kind of honored him by performing a, uh, a concert that they filmed for a DVD. Uh, it was performed at the Rockefeller, the famous venue in Oslo, and the singer's brother actually did the vocals uh, for that DVD recording, and he was built like a bodybuilder, this massive muscular dude up there that was the singer's uh, brother. So I thought that was pretty cool, um, a cool way to honor him. But uh, the remaining members went on to form this band called Vride. And then they also, a couple of the members, uh, formed a band called Core Scorpi. And I believe both bands are still in existence. Um, Vride, I never really got into. They kind of did a black and roll type thing. <laughs> it was just a different sound than Vindir. Um, and it was never bad, but it just never grabbed me. And I know some of my friends uh, and some of my bandmates, you know, are big fans of, of Ride. They enjoy it very much, but uh, it just never really quite resonated with me. But there are some shining moments on uh, on some of their albums. I do still check out their records when they release something, just in hopes that it'll it'll finally click with me, you know. But um, I'm going to play something off of an album that was kind of a pleasant surprise for me when it comes to this band, uh, because I liked the majority of this record. The, the album's called Solverve, and that came out in October of 2015. It's their seventh album out of nine. Uh, that was released on Indie Recordings, who I believe they've been signed to for uh, maybe their entire existence, but they've been signed to them for a, a very long time. But uh, yeah, this album was, uh, to me, out of the whole discography, this is the strongest one and the one that I have come the closest to <laughs> really liking. Um, but yeah, so it's not quite black and roll, but they do kind of have that element to it. It's certainly not just straight up black metal or anything like that. But uh, they tend to just focus on the riffs, have some good riffs in there. So this is a pretty cool tune off of Solverve. Here we go from Norway. This is Vraid with Storm Fro Vest. <laughs>
right? That was Vride from Norway with Storm Frovest. Um, another thing about them that I thought was pretty cool was uh, last year during the pandemic, they did a live stream, which is certainly not uncommon. A lot of bands did like a live stream concert, but they did it uh, out in the middle of the woods in Norway. It was an outdoor concert and from what I understand it was just hell trying to put the whole thing together and get it to where they could hear each other and it was a huge undertaking to do it but visually um, it was pretty awesome <laughs> it was a pretty awesome backdrop to have for a concert and I'm not sure uh, I should have looked uh, before I started recording this to see if it was still available to watch um, I think it was something that you kind of had to buy tickets for online you know virtual tickets to watch it so I'm not sure if it's just floating out there on YouTube um, but yeah it would be cool to to see it again uh, if, if it's still accessible alright we're gonna jump to Greece this band's been around since 2019 I've played them on the podcast once before uh, the band is called Yoth Iria and they uh, it's basically two former members of Rotting Christ um, and then a couple of guest musicians that played drums and uh, guitars on the album. So it's just the bass player and then the vocalist um, are former members of Rotting Christ. But it's uh, very, you know, heavily rooted in black metal, but it's, it's kind of unique. It kind of has a sound all its own. Um, I played something previously off of their EP called Under His Sway. And um, really, I should have just waited a little while longer. I didn't really realize that they were as close as they were to releasing a full-length um, but yeah, shortly after I played them on the podcast previously, they released their debut called As the Flame Withers. Came out on January 25th of this year on Pagan Records. And it's been very well received. It has great cover art, great production. Uh, the songs are cool. The EP was kind of, you know, I thought it was good, but it didn't blow me away. But uh, I am enjoying this full length quite a bit. Um, it's something that I need to kind of remember when it comes album of the year time at the end of the year because I have a tendency to forget some of these uh, great albums that come out during the first few months of the year but uh, but yeah it's a really strong showing and um, there's just some really great riffs really excellent guitar work on here so here we go off of their debut as the flame withers this is Yoth Iria with The Great Hunter <laughs>
All right, that was Yoth Iria from Greece with The Great Hunter. Uh, I'm really curious about how their songwriting process goes because since the two core members are a bass player and a vocalist, and I guess they kind of co-write the lyrics, um, they have a guest drummer and a guest guitar player on the record, but I'm curious if the bass player actually writes the riffs and shows them to the guitar player um, or if they kind of co-write, you know, with this uh, guest guitar player, but he's just not a permanent member type thing. But either way, the riffs are great, and the guitar work is just really well done. Um, all right, we're going to jump to Norway once again here out of Kolbotten, uh, the town just outside of Oslo, which I believe is the uh, hometown, or at least the place of residence for Mr. Fenriz. From Dark Throne, um, this band is called Necromantion, and they have been around since 05, which I didn't realize because I've only really heard of them recently. Um, but it contains a couple of the guys from uh, Obliteration, who I enjoy very much. But, uh, you know, funny enough, this band is not all that different from Obliteration because it is just kind of very dirty, rotten thrash. Like, it's not uh, super, you know, slick production or anything like that. They keep it pretty uh, rough around the edges. But um, one of the, you know, kind of... I'm in a couple of Facebook groups, one of which being a thrash group, which I've mentioned plenty of times, but uh, there's another one of kind of old-school-sounding death metal bands, uh, whether they're classic bands or newer bands that just kind of have that old-school sound. Uh, it's a group like that, so people are always sharing, um, you know, music links and, and things like that. So this was one of the bands uh, that I had come across, so I was very surprised that I had not heard of them before, especially being a fan of uh, Obliteration. But uh, they're about to release their new album called Visions of Trismegistos, or Trismegistos, um, <laughs> something like that. I, I've never seen that word before, so I'm doing my best with it. But it's coming out on April 30th of this year, and it's their third album, but it's their first one since 2012. So that probably explains why I hadn't really heard much of them, because they haven't released anything in nine years. But uh, that's going to be released on Indie Recordings, and so far they have uh, released, I think, two singles off of it now at this point. But uh, one of which was the title track, and it's a really cool tune. So... Uh, being a fan of Obliteration, um, I am enjoying this as well, and I'm definitely going to be checking out this record when it comes out next month. So, off of Visions of Trismegistos, I'm, I'm sticking with that pronunciation, this is Necromantion with The Visions of Trismegistos. <laughs>
right. That is definitely my kind of thrash right there. The nasty, filthy kind. That is Necromantion with the visions of Trismegistos. Um, definitely more fancy, I guess, than Obliteration. Obliteration is definitely more of the like primitive, more on the death metal side and less on the thrash side. And this is definitely leaning more on the thrash side. Uh, but I think that's excellent. So I'm going to be really looking forward to that uh, that album so I can check it out. Uh, we're going to jump to Brazil here. This band has only been around since 2020, so they're brand spanking new, kind of. They're called the Troops of Doom, and it basically features uh, one of the original guitar players from Sepultura who only played on their debut album. He played guitar, and then he left. And he's really kind of been out of the business for decades and then just kind of randomly appeared out of the blue with this new band which he coincidentally named after one of the songs from the debut album from Sepultura on which he played uh, so yeah they're called the Troops of Doom and they're just kind of playing a really stripped down thrashy old school kind of death metalish sound that is similar to what he played on the first Sepultura record so it's just kind of it's just weird uh, it's good, but I, I think it's kind of shitty to just kind of be in the shadows for decades and then just reappear and totally try to cash in on the album you played on 30-something years ago. Um, I mean, it's like a 36-year-old album now, and he just kind of comes out of nowhere. And since Sepultura is super successful, very influential, he's going to come out and name his new band after an old Sepultura song that he used to play on. So I think it's kind of shitty to do that, but I get it. I get why it's done. You know, it draws attention to your band. But yes, uh, they have released an EP. It's their debut release. It's six tracks long, came out in October of 2020 called The Rise of Heresy. Um, that was released through a French label called Blood Blast Distributions. Um, I really don't know much about what they're up to, like if they're, they release this EP, but are they planning on doing a full length, or is this kind of like a one-off, just he felt like releasing something because he had all these riffs laying around, I really don't know, but um, it's not bad, I do like the fact that the production is pretty rough, but I think that's more of a matter of um, financial restriction, more so than uh, a choice to make it sound that way would be my guess. But, uh, but it's nice because it kind of adds that old school touch to it. But, uh, but it's got some cool riffs. I mean, the dude is a good guitar player. But um, yeah, I do dig it. I just kind of question the, <laughs> the reasoning for this band existing suddenly out of nowhere. But, um, but whatever. Why ask why? Just enjoy what they do, I guess, right? So yes, off of their debut EP, The Rise of Heresy, this is the Troops of Doom with The Rise of Heresy.
we go. That was the Troops of Doom from Brazil with the Rise of Heresy. That's pretty enjoyable, I think. All right, we're going to jump to Poland here. This is a classic band that I love to death. Been around since 83. Super influential. The band is Vader. Um, Doc, the original drummer, one of my inspirations, one of my favorite drummers ever. Um, but yeah, I just posted something on Facebook recently. I just kind of was listening to uh, one of my favorite albums of theirs that I hadn't listened to in a while, and it was just kind of bringing back memories, so I decided I wanted to play something off of it on the podcast. So that album is Revelations. came out in 2002. It was their sixth record. They have 13 now, uh, but it was released on Metal Blade Records. They're on, they're on Nuclear Blast these days, but um, Litany for a lot of people was kind of this this crowning achievement the crown jewel of their discography and uh some really excellent songs on litany and of course had that insane production with the kick drums being just so freaking loud um but it somehow worked (laughs) it was just greatness but uh yeah being tasked with following up litany uh that's no easy task so i remember um hearing litany first and then being blown away by that and then hearing this record and loving it even more because um they of course they toned down the kick drums a little bit but uh the songs were just so damn good they were really memorable and really catchy and um this one is probably one of the catchiest to me um it's short and sweet but it's just one of my favorites and the opening i mean every song on this record is fantastic uh the opening cut epitaph is is one that i love a lot and they play it live still uh to this day they they include it in the uh the set list fairly often but uh i'm gonna play something else off of the album that's my favorite it's just super memorable so here we go off of the 2002 album revelations this is vader with wolf tribe Shot the best 
Vader with Wolf Tribe. Love that song. Love that record. Um, I, I do tend to like listen to it a bunch of times and then I'll ease off of it for like a year and then <laughs> some time will pass and I'll come back to it and just be reminded of how great it is and just how great Doc was uh, as well. Um, all right, we're jumping back to Norway here. This band has been around since 05. I think I've played something off of each of their releases. Uh, they have two full-length albums so far. They're working on number three, or I guess they're done with number three. It's going to be released uh, in a couple of months. I don't know what the title of this third one is yet, though. <laughs> I haven't been able to find that, but uh, they did release a single. The band is Nifrost uh, from Norway, and they're one that's kind of a funny story is that when I first kind of discovered their music, um, that was back when Kriegsgrove was still signed to Naturemarkt Productions, the German label. And uh, the head of that label's name's Robert. I messaged him and said, Robert, you know, you, I know you're looking for some new bands for the roster. Um, you should check these guys out. They're excellent. And he replied and said, I actually just signed them two days ago, but we haven't announced it yet, so don't tell anybody. <laughs> so I laughed at that because I was like, oh, good. We got the same same idea here, the same taste in music. But um, But yeah, they're kind of a melodic, borderline folkish um, black metal band. And they've really hit their stride. Their second album was really, really good. Uh, the first one was really good. I mean, I, I enjoyed that a lot, but they've improved uh, with each subsequent release. And I really like this new single. Um, I need to try to find the title of this new album that's coming out because I wasn't able to find it. But they're on Dusktone Records these days. That's who's going to be releasing the third album. But they released this uh, standalone single on February 12th of this year. And uh, it definitely sets the tone for what I hope is going to be a fantastic third album. So here we go from Norway. This is Nifrost with Eit Sista Rinsje.
right. That was Nifrost from Norway with Eit Sista Rinche. And that was an excellent single. Um, they just kind of keep refining their sound and keep expanding upon their sound. And it's just uh, turning into an even more epic experience listening to them. Um, it's exciting. I'm, I'm excited to hear what they're going to do on this third record. Um, all right, we are jumping to Germany here. This band's been around since 2016. I only recently uh, learned of them, and I was curious because they just kind of s- seem to be honing in on the ancient Egypt um, subject matter, which of course is kind of Nile's territory. <laughs> so I wanted to see what this band was doing and see if they're kind of the German version of Nile, pretty much, and they seem to be because it's not only death metal, but it's basically trying to be very fast and intense and um, technical much in the same way that Nile is um, I don't think it's quite done you know as well as Nile I mean Nile's been doing it for a long time but uh, but it's good nonetheless um, I'm gonna play something off of their debut they released a demo in 2017 the band is called Apep and that's A-P-E-P Uh, They released a demo in 2017, and their debut album uh, just came out in 2020 called The Invocation of the Deathless One that came out on Darkness Shall Rise Productions. Um, I I don't know what my deal is with playing, uh, like, title tracks uh, with this episode. This is probably, what, the third or fourth one now (laughs) that that I'm playing. But whatever. That's just the way it's working out. Something about uh, these particular tunes have been grabbing me, so that's just the way it worked out. But yes... It's pretty good, just technical death metal, and um, I'm curious to see where they'll take it, because, I mean, with Nile, it's kind of been a slow evolution uh, over a lot of years, and these guys are kind of attacking it straight away, um, as technical as they can, and and fast as they can, and uh, so it'll be interesting to see kind of where they go from there. So yes, here we go, from Germany, off of the Invocation of the Deathless One, this is Apep with the Invocation of the Deathless One.
there we are. That was Apep from Germany with uh, the invocation of the Deathless One. Uh, it's good. I mean, right out of the gate, uh, one of the first riffs that comes in just feels like total Nile uh, ripoff riff right there. But um, it's good. <laughs> what can I say? I shouldn't really criticize where they get the inspiration from. Just criticize the product itself. But uh, it's enjoyable. But yeah, we're going to jump to Dublin, Ireland here. This band's been around since 92. I'm sure you know who I'm going to say here. There's only so many big-name bands out of Dublin, Ireland. Band is Primordial, who I love. Um, I'm going to play something off of their second record called Journey's End that came out in 98 on Misanthropy Records. It's their second out of nine albums. Uh, they're going to be releasing album number 10 later this year. Um, I actually listened to Alan Averill's uh, podcast that he has called Agitators Anonymous. Um, it's a good podcast. He does kind of delve into a lot of uh, of very pessimistic, negative, <laughs> you know, mentality about uh, Irish politics and uh, just the state of things over there because they've been in a very strict lockdown, stricter than a lot of other European countries, and they've been in that lockdown for a long time like it's something that doesn't get discussed that much because a lot of the focus tends to be on the usa and the uk um but ireland has been under a strict lockdown for a, a long while now and it's uh taken a toll from the sound of things uh if you listen to him on his podcast it's really a depressing time to be irish but um but yes, my favorite song they have ever released was on Journey's End, their second record. It's a acoustic-based song called Dark Song, and I was fortunate enough to see them play it um, in Dublin back in 2013 at the Redemption Fest. I think it was their first ever Redemption Fest that was put on by Primordial. It was at a venue called The Button Factory out in, uh, I think it was in Temple Bar, or at least in that part of town, I'm pretty sure. But yeah, it was a cool venue, and uh, but I was, I was a little disappointed in Primordial's set because there was a lot of speaking between songs and a lot of ranting about Irish government and stuff like between songs, and I was just kind of like, all right, already, can we just, can you just play another song, please? <laughs> and so there was a lot of disruption in that regard. And then whenever they finally did play Dark Song, I was really psyched. And then uh, Alan actually fucked up the lyrics in a couple of spots in that song so I was just kind of disappointed I didn't get to hear I heard my song but they just kind of messed it up uh, a couple of times while they played it but nonetheless it remains my favorite primordial song and it's just great you get some subtle little flute like some tin whistle in there you know and uh and you get the the bolron in the background just kind of keeping the beat and just a lot of acoustic and good singing and it's just a really memorable song, and it's one that I really, I don't know why I've never learned it on guitar. It doesn't sound particularly difficult, and uh, with it being such a, a favorite song of mine, I should, I should learn that one of these days. But uh, here we go, off of Journey's End, this is Primordial with Dark Song.
All right, that was Primordial from Ireland with Dark Song. Uh, it's still just such a moving song for me. Um, I also should should note that uh, Alan Averill, he's you know, he's never been one for uh, technology, so you know, the fact that he's on Instagram and he's on Twitter and he's doing his podcast and now he has a YouTube channel and he's been doing. He actually just started. I think he's only done one of them, but he has several in mind that he's going to do. But he's doing this kind of a recurring thing called Call from the Grave. So if you look up his YouTube channel and find his Call from the Grave um, uh, series, he basically picks an old band that was influential for him uh, from his youth, and he just kind of does like a full, you know... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for, a summary of their discography and their careers and discusses the each individual album and uh, what he thought of them and what the general public thought of them at the time and stuff. So he's already done one episode on Coroner, and I thought it was uh, uh, pretty entertaining, pretty interesting. And he shows off all his vinyls and stuff, his old vinyls and T-shirts. But uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. So if you're into that sort of thing, you should check it out. But uh, we're going to jump to Romania here. This band's been around since 2009. Um... The band is Dordada, and they formed out of the ashes of... Well, I can't say out of the ashes of Nagura Bunjet, because Nagura, of course, got more musicians and continued on, but these guys branched off and formed uh, Dordada, which kind of is in the same vein, where it's kind of that very tribal, kind of folkish, but still has harsh elements to it, but um, it's just really epic and uses a lot of traditional instruments kind of avant-garde in a sense um but it's just unique it's really the only word i can use for it they're they're a band that sounds like no other and um their debut which came out in 2012 was amazing i own it and it's fantastic it's just such a, a unique album and um just really stood out from the crowd back then and they have had uh a long, long silence. They kind of did. They didn't disband, but I remember one of the members, you know, had uh, had a child and was just kind of taking time away from music for a while, and uh, so they literally just took a few years off. And uh, once they kind of, I guess, once the kid gets to a certain age, you're kind of uh, freed up to, you know, to pursue your musical endeavors again. So they kind of uh, picked things back up and started writing music and now finally they are releasing their second album and it's their first one again since 2012 so it's been nine years but uh, this new album called Har H-A-R is coming out on May 14th of this year through Prophecy Productions and they released a music video for this uh, this first single but it's very chopped it's a really shortened version of the song um, so I'm gonna play the full single uh, not just the music video version, because there is a, a sizable chunk of it is kind of more ambient in the middle, but I like that. I think it works uh, to the benefit of the song, and then it kind of comes back uh, with a vengeance to close things out. But uh, great, great production, great mix on this, um, and it's just, it's passionate. Like, you can feel the intensity of this uh, performance. It's uh, it's really moving, so I am very much so looking forward to this uh, this new album from them. So... Off of their upcoming album, Har, this is Dordede with Desferekat.
there we have it. That was Dordedo with Desferacat. And really, really cool song. Um, I just love that whole middle section. And, um, of course, they ha- they cut it out for the for the music video just to keep it short and sweet and keep everybody's attention and all that. But uh, I really like the full expanded tune. So, All right, we're jumping to the Netherlands here. This is a black metal band that's been around since 96. The drummer is the only original member left. But uh, they haven't changed that much with their sound. They've stayed pretty tried and true to uh, what they do. The band is Sirith Gorgor. Uh, I'm going to play something off of their sixth album. They have seven now up to this point. uh, But they're all firmly rooted in black metal. But um, I'm going to play one off of the album called Visions of Exalted Lucifer. came out in February of 2016 through Hammerheart Records. And yeah, this is a band that I, you know, I'd always heard of. I had heard several songs by, never really knew what album uh, the songs were off of. I would just kind of hear them randomly on kind of comp- like compilation things where it's uh, like a Pandora radio station type thing back in the day when I would listen to that while I'd be cooking or something like that and I'd, their tracks would come on uh, on occasion, but I never really knew much beyond that. But uh, they are very good. They, for whatever reason, I thought they had been around even longer than uh, than 96, but... Uh, but nope, 96 it is. So they're still going strong, but as I said, the drummer's the only original member. But uh, it's good stuff. It's very good stuff with very good drumming. <laughs> so here we go. Off of Visions of Exalted Lucifer, this is Sirith Gorgor with Into the Nameless Void.
we go. From the Netherlands, that was Sirith Gorgor with Into the Nameless Void off of the album Visions of Exalted Lucifer. They're kind of like Judas Iscariot from what I've heard um, just checking out their other albums. Every album has wildly different production. <laughs> so, like, Judas Iscariot to me was, was the worst when it came to that because every album... Uh, sounded just wildly different and uh, some of them were sounded really poor the, the production quality and all that but uh, this album uh, visions of exalted Lucifer was probably the first of, of theirs that I noticed uh, that has a really punchy kind of clean production this that's probably the best production they've had in their entire discography uh, up to this point I would say but all right we're jumping to the UK now out of Liverpool this band's been around since 09 called Ninkarsag, and they are kind of like a melodic black metal. There's some, you know, dissection vibes to it from, from time to time, but there is, you know, great guitar work. Um, and they're on the Vendetta Records roster, which Vendetta is a great label that has always put out some really quality stuff. So um, this is a band that I had not really heard before up until uh, last month. They released a single and it was kind of getting some high praise from some people on uh, on Facebook, so I checked it out, and I really enjoyed the single. Um, I neglected, unfortunately, to write down the name of their upcoming album, uh, but it is coming out this spring. Uh, it's their second album that's coming out this spring, but they released this single um, ahead of time. The single actually has three tracks on it, so it's almost like a little mini EP type thing. But um, but yes, uh, this this tune here is off of that single. Uh, the single's called Discipline Through Black Sorcery, and that came out in February, and it's out there on Spotify if you want to check it out. But uh, this tune really hits hard, and it's memorable, and they just kind of flash that fancy guitar work every now and again, but they don't overdo it. But um, the cover art for the upcoming album, I did see that. Of course, I didn't write down the name of the freaking album, but uh, I will say that the cover art for it is pretty epic. It's pretty awesome. But um, yeah, this is a good band and one that I am happy to uh, to know the, <laughs> these days because I had not heard of them. They've been around for 11 years, but uh, didn't hear of them till last month. So I'll be looking forward to this upcoming record. So off of the Discipline Through Black Sorcery single, this is Ninkarsag with The Necromantian.
That was great. That was Ninkarsag with the Necromantian. I mean, definitely dissection vibes in there. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed that single when I listened to it the other day. Um, I need to write down what the damn album's called so I can make note of it to check it out when it comes out. Um, but yeah, I thought that was excellent. Really, really strong performances from those dudes. So, all right, we have reached that magical time where I have to announce the final song of the episode. So, uh, once again, I want to thank everybody for listening. Thanks for telling other people about the podcast. Uh, If you want to tell someone where they can listen, they can listen online at bloodandfireradio.podbean.com or on the free Podbean app, which I highly recommend. It's a really good app and easy to use. And, of course, the entire catalog of episodes is on Spotify, so find it there and follow it. And uh, if you have any sort of requests or feedback or anything like that, you can email me at bloodandfireradio at gmail.com. And please find and like the Facebook page because any sort of updates or poll questions or any sort of news regarding the podcast is going to be posted there. So, I think this is going to be the week where I try to flip the schedule So instead of waiting two weeks for another episode, I'm going to try to put one out in a week. Uh, We'll see if that actually happens, (laughs) but um, that is my plan. So at some point, you're going to be getting an episode uh, a week ahead of schedule, and then we'll just kind of go every other week uh, from there on out. But uh, yeah, so be on the lookout for that. Okay, we're going back to Norway one last time. This band's been around since 91, formed out of the ashes of their death metal band Phobia. The band is enslaved, and they have been on a roll for pretty much their whole damn career, but uh, 2020 was actually a pretty good year for them <laughs> because they really had a plan, and they put it into action, and they did... Uh, it was called their Cinematic Tour, and they probably used a lot of money to put this together but they had I think four total um, really really professionally done um, live stream shows and each one was different they weren't really repeating the same set list and stuff like that one of them they performed the entire Below the Lights album in its entirety but they all had crazy visuals and screens behind them and you know the lighting was fantastic and the sound was pristine and um Each one just looked and felt different and had some great, great set lists. And um, I really enjoyed them because the way they worked out is they would always seem to start whenever I would be taking my lunch break. So whatever time it was over there, over here it would be 1 o'clock. So I would clock out for lunch from work and I would just sit there with my phone uh, on YouTube just watching uh, their performance. But in one of them, they performed this song in its entirety, and it's uh, it's got to be the longest song that they have in their entire career, but it's uh, probably one of their most well-known, which is kind of funny. Normally, you'd expect the little three-minute singles and stuff to be the things that people remember most, but uh, it's this really long one that's uh, probably the most famous of theirs, or one of them. The album is Eld, came out in March of 97. It was their third album. They have 15 now, which is hard to believe. But uh, Eld was released through Osmos Productions out of France. And this is the opening cut off of Eld. Uh, For the most part, Eld has, you know, four or five minute long songs. You know, the occasional six or seven minute long song. But this opening track is just epic. It's a definite nod to the, like, Viking era Bathory albums. Uh, but it's called 793 Sloget on Lindisfarne. 
And that is basically 793 was the year that the Vikings invaded Lindisfarne in England. And uh, so it was called the Battle of Lindisfarne is, the, is what it translates to. But um, it's just so great that the twists and turns throughout this song and the kind of uh, clean vocal choir type moments uh, just kind of add to the epic feel of the entire track. And uh, it's just a journey. I know that's kind of a cliche thing to say for a long song, but it truly, truly is. It captures uh, a medieval Viking <laughs> battle very, very well, I think. But it's a perfect long epic tune to close out the episode. So here we go off of Eld. This is Enslaved with 793 Sloget or Lindisfarne. Cheers. Cheers. 